0: Hey friends, welcome to this week's podcast at St. Andrews Community Church. We are a global Methodist congregation and we just had some issues yesterday that prevented us from going live. So hopefully those of you that join us live each week are joining us today. We put that on Facebook uh, and I was told that some people may have questions. So as always, our hope is if we can be interactive, we want to do that. But uh, welcome today. And I am D.A. Bennett, lead pastor here at St. Andrews and with me is Bonnie Coates. That was a... That do so excited no, to introduce No rank yourself. or serial number, just <laughs> wow. Bonnie Coates. My name
1: is Bonnie Coates. I'm a, I'm a baby pastor. I'm um, <laughs> <laughs> associate pastor and interim children's director is what my
0: She's feeling is. guilt now. She's <laughs> having to give and all her resumes. I was
1: trying to be silly, but it just didn't happen. And I'm Josh. No, works well. <laughs>
2: I'm Josh the King of bobbleheads.
1: Today the
2: king. We have Michael Jordan... With us, my most expensive bobblehead. Um, Your rare most expensive bobblehead. collective item. And the reason I went with Jordan today is because uh, in the second part of today's podcast, we're talking about the ascension. And no other basketball player ascended on the court quite like Air Jordan. So well, that's why he's joining us today.
0: We're also talking about the most important event in Jesus' life. And some people believe he was the most important basketball player ever in terms Maybe of being the greatest my, of all time. My
2: favorite, for sure, and I would argue with anyone that he was the greatest. But I wasn't alive for Wilt Chamberlain, and Eli would argue with me that it's LeBron James because of his, that's the generation he grew up in. You
0: know, and it's different generations. You can't compare yeah. the pre- uh, three-point shot right to the post three-point shot. Uh, and so, obviously, it was a game built around centers when Chamberlain and Jabbar yeah. played. Of course, Jabbar played long enough that the three-point shot entered in. But anyhow, we digress.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm a nerd when it comes to NBA. I could go all day long talking all kinds of crazy stuff.
0: So we are in a series here at the church, a sermon series on the Apostles' Creed. We're basing it off a book called This We Believe by Timothy Tennant, uh, and it's been very helpful. And this past Sunday sermon, we talked about the most important event in human history, at least in my opinion, uh, the most important event in the life of Jesus, and that is uh, we've looked at he was crucified, dead, and buried, he descended to the dead, but now, on the third day, he rose again. There's nothing more important than that, in my opinion. And so,
2: yeah. And I loved, you know, because I'm a visual person. I loved the Jenga that you brought into it this week. Um, I love. I'm a. I love Jenga. I, I would have been daring enough to pull the bottom blocks out, like unlike you were, because I've played a lot of Jenga in my time. But I, I love that visual because. Um, Really, it's the truth. Apart from the resurrection, we have no faith, no mm-hmm. Christianity. I mean, we would, there, us being here right now would be completely pointless talking about anything um, if it weren't for Jesus defeating death and resurrecting. So I love that idea of it being the foundational Jenga block that if it's removed, everything else crumbles. The, the other things are important. Yeah. Right, you, we're, you, missing you, you're we're missing something. you missing something without it, but without that block, it all falls. I, I w- love that.
0: I will tell you that in the you know, because those of you that came in the first service, I, I didn't try to pull out any blocks, but in the second service, I actually, if hospitality brick on top, I just threw it to the side. We're missing something, but we still have a tower. Uh, and when I poked a brick to say, Now, this is a baptism brick, I actually felt it move, <laughs> and, and so I was tempted. To, to try to take it out. But I said, no, I will mess this up and ruin the <laughs> no. whole thing. Uh, and then I ended by pulling out one of the bottom bricks. And of course, the whole tower fell. I didn't want to have to Stack the tower again between services because if people needed to talk to me, I couldn't do that. So, but yeah, thank you for that's that. That's a great I, visual. Did I,
2: you come up with that on your I, own? I actually did you? come okay. up
0: with that on my own. Man, I it, give you a lot of credit because it's yeah, a great idea. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, you know. So, even an old pastor has a somewhat Interest. recently okay. current contemporary illustration to use I will,
2: for sermons. I, I will say that Karis says, as uh, she came in during uh, right before the second service, she. Uh, my daughter? Yes. Harris. Yeah. She yes, said, she is uh, "Why is there a Jenga set on the stage?" And I said, "Well, your dad put that in here, so just you, you'll find out here in a little bit." And then, the way Karis does, I love it. She goes, "It's put together wrong." <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I will have to ask her so about next that. Next time, you'll have to ask her to set it up for you. Is it just supposed to be two? I, I no, I don't. I I don't, really, I don't really know. Huh. I think part of it was the the blocks. Aren't quite the same dimension as the smaller actual Jenga set, and so while there was holes in the tower on a normal Jenga set, they wouldn't there would be holes. It's because yeah. the, the blocks are wider than they are tall. Whereas I think those were square. They're
0: you know, pretty smaller. square. I mean, so, even taking so them out know and putting them up, they put weren't that all together uniform
2: the way that a normal Jenga set. But th- I love that response. They're, it's put together. Wrong. Put
0: together wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and go home and tell her her faith is put together. <laughs> Okay, but we need to make some improvements in it. So the resurrection, most important thing in uh, the history of humanity, most important thing in um, Jesus' life, at least, you know, yes, dying for our sins was important, getting the keys of death in the graves important, but none of that matters if he doesn't rise from the dead. And uh, one of the things that I tried to do in the sermon was establish that there is living proof because that's what people always want to know. How can you prove this to me, you know, from Missouri? How can you show me this? We're in the Show me state. Um uh, so looking at the biblical record of 513 and when I was actually counting myself, I got that number off, you know, somewhere online reading how many people saw Jesus, 513. But even by my count with the different ones I was given I got up to 514 and maybe even more than that Mm -hmm. Uh, but how significant do y'all think it is that not only there were people that saw Jesus alive dead and resurrected but also the documents we use are all from the Bible but they're not all the same Right. What are your thoughts I'll, about I'll that? You
1: go yeah, like I, I think the coolest thing that I think is um, the fact uh, that um, it, the women were the first people to see him right. resurrected. And so if if I am a historian yeah, during me, that period me, of time.
0: The women were the first to see the tomb
1: empty. Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, yes. Sorry. And, and
0: and then we get the impression that Mary Magdalene was the first. Yes. Still a woman, yeah. obviously.
1: Because uh, she... Thinks he's the gardener, yeah, right? Right. Um, but the fact that if I were a historian at that time period, that probably would have been that wouldn't have mattered. Um, her okay, case. Okay, I, I,
0: I like this. I think I know where you're going, but I want to yeah, hear more. The
1: fact that that scripture shows. The women being the first one to see the tomb empty, uh, Mary Magdalene seeing Jesus first, mm-hmm. gives it more credibility. And I think that that's so cool. I think that's amazing because if it if it hadn't happened that way, um, then so, why so, would it even be? Because yeah, the yeah. women
2: were considered second-class Th- That's citizens. where I was going to go. It what happens
0: right. if uh, we don't acknowledge the women seeing the empty tomb? Seeing him, yeah. Uh, what what happens if we leave that out?
1: Yeah. Well, they're just not. They weren't considered, I guess, as good a witness as if it was just like a male yeah, if Pharisee. Up, like,
2: yeah, if 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 you're <laughs> gonna make it up. You're not gonna make it up and say, oh, by the way, it was the women because yeah. the way yeah. they were viewed and their their status and culture in that culture two thousand years ago. That's not a. That, that's not what you would have made up in order to say. See, there's the proof.
0: Right. I, I think there's. I think again in in our cultural moment that we live in, it's important to say, yeah, Jesus, you know, lifted women up. Absolutely. He gave women a place of importance, and yet in the wisdom of that cultural moment, Jesus, the Holy Spirit inspiring the writers wow. of scriptures know, but it can't just be the women. Yeah, that testify to yeah. this. The women can testify the men can testify together, those things fit together, which I think is very important. And
2: for me, the thing that is the most powerful evidence of Jesus' resurrection is when I think back on things. So I think some, maybe a lot of people, would change their story, um, even if it were true, if their life was on the line, and if (laughs) they could just tell a white lie, they would save their life and not die. A lot of people, maybe majority people, For sure, some people, if gun to your head, tell a little white lie you're going to live, stick to your story that Jesus resurrected and you're going to die, I think a lot of people change their story. I think most, if not all, change their story if it's a lie. Yeah. If it's a lie, push come to shove. Right. You're either going to die or not. You're going to, okay, oh, you got me. Yep, you're right. I made it up. The fact that so many people were martyred, so many people died— for me, is the strongest case of evidence that Jesus really resurrected from the grave. Because if not, at some point, they would have been like, oh, you're right. You know, you don't, you don't, have, to, you don't have to crucify me. You don't have to kill me. Um, you know, yeah, we made it up. Jesus, you know, didn't. And let me take you to the body and show you where we've got him hidden. And the fact that that didn't happen and that so many died and were martyred because of it, for me, is the strongest piece of evidence.
0: That, you know, that is the part I didn't put in the sermon, and I intentionally didn't put it in there, so I'm glad you brought it up. Because what I looked at as far as living proof was, number one, the number, the sheer number of eyewitnesses, which in the first service I said, you know, in a court of law, I may have said it in both services, a court of law, 513 witnesses, overwhelming. Well, we actually had two attorneys one of which is a trial attorney in worship in the first service i asked him afterwards i said so am i right 500 they go oh gosh yes you know (laughs) so so that was the first the the sheer number of eyewitness second thing that i tried to point out not probably quite as well is that the the biblical references to the resurrection did not all come from one source even though we take them all from one source we say the bible is one source but you know, even in approaching the scripture reading to say a first century letter to the Greeks, because that's what Paul was writing. He didn't understand that what he was writing to them was going to be the authoritative word of God in our lives. And the same with the gospel writers. Uh, Again, we think Mark was written first and Matthew and Luke took stuff, but John's is completely different. So there's at least five, you throw the book of Acts in there. Okay. Luke Probably wrote that too, but the diversity of that and then the the third thing and I had never considered this before last week, so if y'all thought that was this was good uh, I would like to have that affirmation for the truth of it, not for yeah. me I never considered the places. I hadn't yeah. either. The appearances yeah. took, you know, because Jer- I think when we read scripture, we think it all happened in Jerusalem. But, you know, he's born in Bethlehem. Well, y'all been to the Holy Land. Right. You know, when you're in Bethlehem, hey, there's Jerusalem. <laughs> you know, right. you can see it. Emmaus kind of the same way. But when you start thinking of Galilee yeah, and you start same. thinking of Nazar- or uh, Damascus, yeah. that's considerably greater distance. Yeah, I had way. never
2: considered the the distances uh, and the diff, the the variety of places. I, I think that was definitely a a good a point to make in all of that for sure.
0: So so then on the <laughs> other side of that, the and the people in that 514 or however many there were, they were willing to die for what they saw, right? You know. Uh, we talk about having conviction That was conviction.
2: And one of the things that I really appreciated from the chapter in the book uh, on this was, uh, you know, Tennet points out that this is a public demonstration of God's victory over sin, death, and hell. This was very public, right? I mean, and that goes to show with the number of people that witnessed, the the number of places that the resurrected Christ was. Um, This was a very public thing. This wasn't some private thing that happened. And so, um, I think that obviously, um, makes it that much more believable and powerful as well.
1: I think that when you look at the stories of, um, of Jesus that are written in scripture after, um, the resurrection, um, you see they're really, really detailed stories. Yeah.
0: They're not just like, well, he came. In particular, that's what he's noted for is a great number of details.
1: So it's not just a story of, well, yeah, he showed up. And then you move on. It's stories of you know Jesus with Thomas. Jesus. Um at uh, the Sea of Galilee making fish, making breakfast. You see him um, on the road to Emmaus. And so these are very detailed stories. And so you would have to think that the disciples, um, the ones who were writing these scriptures, would have to be incredibly creative just to be like, okay, look, we're going to make up this really, really detailed story. We went
0: fishing and Jesus was cooking breakfast. But but again, some of the important things that get lost in you know, in the early church, there was that heresy we've talked about on here before, Gnosticism, that, that material and flesh is evil, that Jesus wasn't really incarnated. He was a ghost, a phantom. Right. Uh, that's why it's important when he was cooking breakfast on the beach that it says that Jesus ate fish, you know.
2: Well, and another, I think, incredibly important thing to note um, that is noted in the chapter um, is that Jesus wasn't brought back to life? His His resurrection is distinctly different than Lazarus and the others that right. he brought back from dead. They all died again. Yeah, that he was received, in my notes, but I didn't mention it in yeah, the sermon. He received his, you know, uh, new body. You know, his heavenly body, his glorified body. He resurrected and defeated death. He didn't he wasn't resuscitated and brought back to life.
0: Right. Only to die again right. in a later day. Yeah, that's that's uh, really a good segue to where we're going next, but I want to bring up one more thing. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. And that is, you know, again, what what does it matter? What does it matter that Jesus rose from the dead? And for me, part of it is that gives us the hope that we too will rise. The Jews already believed in resurrection. They just thought it would be a final resurrection where everybody rises from Sheol, you know, the place of the dead.
2: Right, but Which is what Martha and Mary are thinking about when Jesus is yes, telling them yes. about, you know, Lazarus will rise again. Oh, yeah, I know. We know it he will end. at the well, last day. Yeah, uh,
0: And, you know, even the Greeks there in Corinth, that uh, they just believe that when we die, our spirits are now free. Yeah. Uh, this idea of somebody actually resurrecting, No one had considered that before, but that's our hope that we too will rise. You know, he, he descended, uh, the scripture in Ephesians that we looked at with descended to the dead is he will lead the captives out. And we get that later that the dead in Christ will rise first. And those who are alive and remain will join to meet them together in the sky. The the resurrection is more just than conquering death in the grave. It really is our hope for ascending to heaven. Yeah, and so sure. that that takes us to looking ahead at this week's chapter, uh, the third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father, Almighty. So uh, I'm I'm gonna not jump in with myself. What do, what do y'all think of? Where do y'all go with that? Yeah. So, oh wait, let me ask one more question. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, I interrupt myself. So um, one of the things I was thinking about with the 500 and all that, mm-hmm. the question is. Were there more people that saw Jesus resurrected that aren't listed in Scripture? What do y'all think?
1: Yeah, I think so for sure. Yeah, yeah to
2: to yeah, I don't think that uh, I don't think that any parts of the Bible that we read give us one hundred percent of the details of everything that was going on in the stories that they tell, and certainly there's stories that are left out. I mean, we go from Jesus being a twelve year old to being a thirty three. Yeah. So there's a lot that um, you know. Thinking about the resurrection, yeah, I think that there were a lot of people that saw Jesus that it's not recorded. Um, you know, we don't have a hundred percent details, about right?
1: Anything. Now, and you got to consider like when the when you see like the story of Jesus feeding the five thousand, you consider that five thousand is men, right? Right. So um, five hundred people could be. I, I, yep. I did actually mention that in yeah, the sermon. Yeah, I yeah. said,
0: you know, if it's like the feeding of the 5,000, we don't know if women and children Would've were there also. It, yeah. I, I tend to think, yeah, there were probably more appearances, post resurrection appearances of Jesus. But in faithfulness to the scriptures, that's speculation. Yeah. You know, that's right. opinion. It's not authoritative for our belief. So, anyhow, sorry. I thought of that question I wanted to ask you. So, Bonnie, you were getting ready to say something about ascension.
1: Okay. So, the ascension, I love I love the story of the ascension. I love the fact that it's such an important part. Um, and it's not just left off um, in um, the Apostles' Creed. Um, because I do think that it's one of those things that's like, oh, yeah, he ascended. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of a just, okay, well, yeah, it happened. Um, but I think, I think it's important and it's a beautiful part and, and testament to the whole story. It completes... Well, doesn't completely complete the story thank god for well, that well Kenneth kind of suggests it
0: does but
1: <laughs> yeah well it completes yeah, it, the I mean, story it of jesus's the time full victory mm-hmm. yeah here um but yeah but it's it's not th- the entirety of the end of the story um so one of the things that i loved when we went to israel josh and i got to go in 2006 um with um with our pastor from first united methodist church at the time. Um, his name was Nick Harris. And um, so one of the things that I loved is we went to lots of different churches. If you don't know anything about Israel, th- a lot of the places you go and you're like, oh, you expect it to look like biblical times. And it just doesn't because mm. if there is a place that Jesus went, it's they built a church. <laughs> well, well, it yeah, is.
2: They built a church or something a there to yeah. signify that this is where this took place. So it doesn't look like it did 2,000 years ago because now there's a, a building on it or a right. uh,
1: which is really great because now you can still see, you know, well this is where this was and this is where this was because because somebody decided to build a church. And so there's really really good things about it. The hard thing is about it about it is that you want to go and you're like, "Oh, I w- I want to see Israel the way that Jesus." Mm-hmm.
2: Which is why there. the Sea of uh, Galilee was my favorite place when we went <laughs> because you can't put a building on a lake. And, yeah. <laughs> and so when you're in the art, standing on the Arbel cliffs and you're looking down over the lake and when you're out on the lake on a boat and you're looking at the hills and stuff, well, it's not exactly what it looked like 2000 years ago. You can at least get a visual of what right. Jesus saw and what it was like versus standing in a cathedral and going, well, this is where this, you know, this is where Jesus was born. Yeah. The church of okay, the
0: nativity. Looking it's like, look in this little hole. Right. And this yeah. Is yeah. Where Put your hand was born. where Jesus, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is a little gross. I'm not gonna lie. It's a little strange. If you're a germaphobe, um, yeah, it's a little bit like okay. Uh, but the the Chapel of the Ascension, which is at um, the Mount of Olives, um, you can go there even today. Um, and I think I was reading up about it today just to kind of have some background information. But apparently, a pilgrim went to the the Chapel of Ascension area and um, in like 300 something. After Jesus, right, and um, found what she thought were these are two footprints. Oh, yeah, they're two footprints Fossils. in the stone. He shot
2: off like a rocket when <laughs> and, he ascended, and left in his imprint on the rock. And I
1: love that. I love that image. So um, only one of them is there today. So his right <laughs> footprint is is there today. The other one they took out of the stone, and it's in the Al Aqsa Mosque, I think. Uh, but That's a big word. Thanks. Anyway, so that's the
2: picture so of the footprint? This is the
1: picture of... Here's the high-def print-off um,
2: for those of what, you joining us online right now. What
1: is supposed to be <laughs> Jesus's right foot... I guess it should be like this (laughs) Um, Anyway But it's just so fun Because you can go And you can You can like You you can walk over
2: Put it right in front of the camera Please do
1: (laughs) I just want you to walk Yeah just do that Anyway um, So I just think it's so cool And it's what a fun image Especially for me As like a children's Minister Mm -hmm. person I can tell the kids Like well Jesus was going so fast That he just
0: (laughs) Well But but I'm having confusion Right now Personally Because (laughs) I'm looking at You know Mr. Jordan there Uh And I know that if you jump Jump off your right foot. Your left foot is what is in the air. Your left hand is in the air, uh-huh. but he's at the right hand. <laughs> so I'm just getting a little confused yeah. here. Oh, okay. All right. So we're we're being a little silly. But I do. I so, just. I
1: think that's a fun a fun little um uh, factoid. Little factoid.
0: Factoid. How um, do you, you use can that add word? To it. Yeah. So one of the things that. Um, I believe, I think Tenet refers to this in the book, and you just said it also, Mm -hmm. is the ascension of Jesus is something that we really don't talk that much about. Yeah. You know, death, burial, resurrection. Oh, yeah, he ascended. So, thinking ahead, what is the significance of putting the ascension of Christ into the creed? The, The first thing that comes to my mind is it says he's still alive
2: yeah i mean that's that's huge when when you look at like it's all active words right it, someone who's dead isn't active right he is alive he's still alive, mm-hmm. and he ascended with a purpose right and so you know reading through the chapter and and other things like um you know his ascension wasn't just from one place to another place because when G- God uh came to earth and Form of Jesus and human body, uh, he put certain restrictions on himself. Right, right. He couldn't. He could be at the Sea of Galilee, but he couldn't be there and in Jerusalem at the right. same time. Right. He wasn't no longer omnipresent in his human form. Right. And so in in the ascension, he's reassuming the omnipresence of it. He doesn't didn't just ascend from one place to another, but I think the the phrase that's used in the book is he had ascended from here to everywhere. Mm-hmm. He now um, is omnipresent again. Mm-hmm. Um, and and God's rule and reign is over all things everywhere, right. um, which I think is a, a very important thing for us to consider. Um, also, I love the three roles that Jesus ascended to um, in his ascension. He ascended and there's a role of waiting, mm-hmm. a role of interceding, and a role of reigning. And those mm-hmm. are the, the three roles of prophet priest and king right um and uh and so i think that that's such a cool for me image when you look back on those roles in the old testament Mm -hmm. and seeing how jesus is assuming all three of those roles in ascension it's just for me for someone who loves the old testament and kind of geeks out on Mm -hmm. the old testament um it's a really cool image when we think about what it was Jesus was ascending to do. Right. And there there
0: are other stories in Scripture about ascensions. Mm-hmm. You know, Enoch in the book of Genesis, yeah. Genesis just walking with God and he was no more. Elijah, yeah. you know, the fiery chariot. So there are other ascension stories, but that's all we know is that they ascended to heaven. In Jesus' case, he ascended into heaven and... He sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. Right. The right hand, of course, being the uh, place of authority. When Boangernes, right, the sons of thunder, come to Jesus, like, let one of us sit on your left and one of us sit on the right. They didn't ask which one would be which, but the right hand would be the next authority. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus sitting at the right hand of God, again, signifies authority, kingship, um, ruling over creation
2: yeah and the important thing to note jesus is lord whether you recognize it or not yeah right like whether you are a believer whether you confess whether you recognize or believe jesus is lord overall and resurrected and ascended he is
0: yeah some people say he's either lord of all or lord of none he's lord yeah even if you don't claim he's your lord Right. I don't change who he is.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean, I can I can say all day long the sky is not blue. My perspective, my thoughts, my opinions on it doesn't change the fact that the sky is blue. Right. Now, I know there's different shades of colors in the sky. Different shades of blue. In general, right? Kind of in the midnight blue, like your vest. Whether recognize it or not, that's fact. And, and the same is true of Jesus. He's Lord, whether we believe it, recognize it, confess it or not. He's He's Lord of of all that's part of his ascension is his lordship of everything
0: yeah because god has exalted him right. His father has exalted and him we get all that in Philippians. authority
2: in heaven on earth has been given to me all right that's what he says in in matthew 28 all authority he, right. he is lord
0: so bonnie you have the the picture visual yeah, the pictures, that you can share yeah. with children about ascended uh-huh. do you have a picture for right hand or do you have a visual that's gonna
1: i don't do you ha- are you thinking of well one? no not necessarily
0: <laughs> but i think you know to help children really to help all of us mm-hmm. understand this what's one of our colloquial phrases in our culture that we use to talk about somebody who helps another person we would say the right say, hand the man, man. Like yeah it. So
1: that's even in Hamilton. I was just thinking.
0: (laughs) I'm not saying Hamilton. Don't hate
2: me. From an image standpoint, I've seen these uh, crazy pictures online and stuff of like bodybuilders that for whatever reason only work out one side of their body or something. (laughs) and Get an image of a bodybuilder with a giant right arm and then a left arm like mine. Right. Right.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, hopefully that teases a little bit for uh, getting us ready for this Sunday. I, I have... I, again, I know I preached on the Apostles' Creed, but I don't remember preaching on the Ascendant affection. part. I don't know if David preached that when we did it before or if I preached on it. And I just don't remember. Uh, but, friends, we do hope you'll come this Sunday. Uh, we will be having our two worship services, 9 o'clock, 1030. Children have Sunday school at 9 o'clock, but they have children's church at 1030. Youth, of course, have uh, Sunday school at 9 o'clock and join us in the 1030 worship service. Uh, as always, you can find our most up-to-date information online or on the
2: app or through our website. And don't forget too, there is no midweek tonight. There is no midweek tonight. Uh, Thank no you. No midweek yeah. dinner discipleship, but next Wednesday, October 25th, we'll be back at it with uh, continuing our adult study on the disciples. Youth and children will be back at it next Wednesday as well, but it's fall break for more schools. So that's why there's no uh, no, mid-week no midweek
0: tonight. tonight. And of course, uh, we are in the middle of good shoes, good news. And so if you have shoes you want to bring because somebody out there needs a pair of new or gently used shoes in your exact size, we encourage you not just to bring the shoes, but also to, to write a prayer, or share scripture, and just help to share good news as we share good shoes. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to hopefully being back Tuesday, 1230 next week. God bless. We'll see you hopefully on Sunday.